Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Uh, so the way this came about today, there was no funny story behind it like last time where Pastor, Rona, uh, Pastor Brian hit me up. Uh, he just simply asked me one day that I was studying in the conference room, hey, can you preach on the 11th? I said, sure. Uh, my friend David here makes fun of me because he says that I, whenever I get asked to do something, I do so like excitingly and you know, with, with such joy, right? And there is a lot of joy, right? There's a lot of joy to serving. I mean, I want to model our Savior's behavior, right? He came to serve, right? Uh, so I'm always excited uh, to serve. However, I'm not going to lie to you. There's, you know, when it comes to the preaching or, or, or playing, it, it, I get a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Um, so with that being said, I just wanted to take the time to thank Pastor Ryan for the opportunity to, to bring this word. It's such an honor to bring uh, the word in this pulpit that, you know, that I, sh- he sh- that I share with him and even Pastor Juan and Pastor Danny. It's, it's always such a blessing. So thank you for that, Pastor Ryan. Uh, Pastor Juan, I know that, you know, you, you see your son and you see him up here and you have such pride, right? And I think it's not more of the pride that, you know, what you've been able to instill in him, but what has, God has been able to do through him, right? He's, uh, he's taking this church to another level, right? He's taking it to another glory. And, uh, you know, so let's keep our pastor in prayer, amen, um, as well as the entire pastoral team. Um, lastly, I, I want to say this. God is doing something beautiful in Numa. Amen? I don't know if you guys feel it, but God is doing something great. I think, you know, when we had this leadership meeting with Pastor Ryan a uh, few weeks ago, he said, hey, we have been going through this process, and now is the time where Numa has to step up, rise up, right? We're placed here for a reason. So let's make sure that we're aligned in, in, in one mindset, in one body, in one voice, and in one accord. Amen? With that being said, let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to get into the Word of God. Um, I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, in case you guys don't know where it's at. Uh, it's right before 2 Peter. Amen? <laughs> uh, you guys caught it, huh? Uh, I, I, sometimes for days, I don't know. <laughs> um, when you guys uh, have it, let me get that strong Numa amen. amen. And you guys blew my hair away with that amen. Let's do that one more time. Let me get that strong Numa amen when we have it. Amen. Oh, there we go. All right. So we're going to be reading First um, Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start off with verse 6, and we're going to read through 7. Amen. I'm not going to do what Pastor Ryan does, where he gives you like a whole paragraph, <laughs> I mean, a whole line. So uh, I read, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, you may be found to, pr- uh, you may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, my God, just thanking you, my God.
Thanking you, Father, for all that you have done in our lives, my God. We know, Father, that we have been put through various trials in our lives, my God. We know that we have been tested in the fire, Father. But we know, more importantly, my God, that you are with us, Father. So I pray, Father, that as, as I begin to preach this message, my God, let it be less of me and more of you, my God. Let your name be glorified, my God. Let your son's name be glorified, Father. Holy Spirit, take control. Take control. Prepare those hearts, my God, to receive this word, my God. Let it fall on fertile ground, Father. Break the chains, my God, that bind us, Father, so that we may praise you, honor you, my God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and be seated. So I have titled my message today, Trust the Process. Trust the Process. Last week, Pastor Ryan brought a word uh, titled Becoming, right? And in that message that he preached, he preached on uh, two key things. One, Christology, which is how Jesus, be- uh, being fully God, came down to be fully human, right? But then he also preached on the process of becoming, right? When someone comes to the Lord and accepts the Lord as, their, as, their, as a Savior, um, you start this, the process of sanctification. Now... In the process of sanctification, you're going to be faced with various trials. No one here is exempt. We're all going to be going through some type of trial. We're going to be tested. And there's a reason that we're being tested. There's a reason that we're going through the sanctification process. And as we read here in 1 Peter, Peter is writing writing to a group of people who have been dispersed from their homeland. Why have they been dispersed would be the question, right? Well, it's simple. They're fleeing from their homeland, from their home country, and they're fleeing to a different land that is not theirs because they're being persecuted. The Roman Emperor Nero was killing Christians. So in order to preserve their lives, in order to continue with their lives, to protect their families, they had to flee. Now, one would wonder, well, he was killing them. Okay, I get it. But the way that he was doing it was kind of jacked up. Yeah, I mean, it was more than torture. If you really think about it, they were being thrown into furnaces so that they can be burned alive. They were being thrown into pits of fire. Uh, Pits of fire. They were being thrown into pits with wild animals, lions. I mean, you guys know the story of uh, Daniel and the lions then, right? So they're being thrown to their deaths. And they're, they're just fleeing so that they can... So they can stay alive. And they're fleeing, they're being killed, mainly because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Even 2 Timothy, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So we see Peter giving us a lesson on Even though you may be facing trials, even though you may be facing persecution, even though you may be going through the fire, rejoice, rejoice. But that's easier said than done, right? Many of us here, and I I can't include me, but many of us here have suffered with the Rona. You know, let's be real, right? And praise God that we haven't lost anyone to the Rona here at NUMA that I'm aware of, right? But... Yeah, praise God. But could it be, could it be, church, that your trials, the worst things that you face in your walk is meant to simply test your faith? 
Think about that for a second. We all go through something. We all face something. And here Peter is telling us, hey, rejoice. Rejoice. It's funny how he begins, right? Because he begins just as James 1 begins, where it says to rejoice in your trials. But Peter here takes it up another notch. He says to rejoice in your trials because even though it is being tested in the fire, it, it is more precious than gold, right? So I started thinking, I was like, well, let, let's look into gold. What, you know, what is gold? Gold, simply put, is a precious metal. Um, when it is mined, it is, it is brought out and it is placed into a furnace, Right? It is placed into a furnace because it's removing all the impurities, right? When you first see the gold, you're like, oh, man, this, this looks ugly. It's kind of messed up, you know? But little do you know that there is value in that, in that gold, right? So when it's being cleaned, it's going through a process of purification, which brings me to my first point with the fire, is that in the fire, we are being purified. We are being purified. God, the Father, Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, want to dwell in us. That is what they want. They want to be in the innermost being of who we are. But because they are holy, because they are holy, they cannot be they can't dwell within us just yet. So we go through this process. We're going through these trials. Little do we know that it's, we're trying, we're, we're, the Holy Spirit is trying to purify us, right? But what happens? We see this purification process and we start to say, no, uh, I kind of want to do it my way, you know? I, I, you know what, God, I, I see what you're trying to do in my life, but... You know, I think we should do it this way because this is going to be a little bit more beneficial to me. You know what I mean? I don't want to suffer. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But since when do you think you know more than our God? Since when do you think you know more? His plans are greater for you. He wants to do something great in you. He wants to do something in you, with you, and through you. But we sit here and we say, no, God, we don't want to do it this way. Why? Why? Have you ever thought about just asking why? Could it be that we want that touch of God, but we don't want God to live in us? I sit here and I think about everything that I've gone through in my life. And, I, and I've said this before. My biggest regret is the fact that I wasted 37 years of my life. Wasted. I grew up in the church, but I wasted my life. Until I was reminded of one thing by a friend of mine. What you saw as waste, God saw something different. What God saw, what you saw as something that was ordinary, he saw something greater. You know, last year was one of the toughest years that we all had to face, right? Everybody had to face it. And if I can be fully transparent, in my marriage... My marriage, it, it was one of the toughest years that we had had to face. You know, 
when I reconciled with God, I told him, in all things, no matter what, whatever you call me to do, whatever I'm asked to do, I will be obedient. You want me to clean the toilet, I will clean the toilet. You want me to clean outside, I will clean outside. Just tell me what you want, and I will, I will be obedient. And I, I enrolled into school last year in, in Tahit, where Pastor Ryan teaches. And here I am, first three months, man, going great, learning. You know, I'm, I'm come home, I tell my wife, hey, babe, guess what I learned today? Mine's blown. I mean, I, learning so much, right? Then the Rona hits, school closure. Okay, fine, we started doing Zoom. But it was in that fire of the Rona where I, my marriage got tested. There was a point in time when my wife would ask me, what are you trying to do? Why are you trying, what is the point of you going to school? My answer was simple, I just want to learn more. Like, it's not nothing, you know, great about it. I just, I just want to learn more. I want to know about who my God is. I mean, I, again, I grew up in the church. I wasted time. I, I wanted to catch up. Best way to do that is to start studying, right? Ask the Holy Spirit to review his word, but also study. And me and my wife would go back and forth. We fought some battles. Uh, she fought more than I did. I, just kinda, <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, we did fight. And it got to a point where she made this, she made this bold statement. And, and I'm not trying to embarrass her because I, you'll see why in a bit. But she said, I'm not going to be a pastor's wife, so I don't know what you're doing studying the word of God, going to school if you're not, you know, not going to do anything else. I'm, I refuse to be a pastor's wife. Pastor Ryan, does that sound familiar? <laughs> you know, and I started to pray to God, and I, and, and I would go into prayer and, and you know, pray for hours. God, if you, if you have called me to do something for you, for the kingdom, I need my wife to be a part of this journey. I need her because she is my better half. When you created man, you saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So you gave me a wife for a reason. And I, and I kept praying and praying and praying. My wife around July, it was August time, her body started hurting. She wasn't feeling well. And no matter how many times she went to the emergency room, no, no doctor could find something wrong in her. Nothing, not one thing. It was finally until she got tested for the uh, antibody test of the corona that she realized that she previously did have the corona. Praise God, I don't know how this happened, but I didn't get it. <laughs> I see Pastor over here laughing, sorry. <laughs> He's kind of making me laugh. Um, Praise God that I didn't get it right, but she, she got it. So, you know, we started praying for healing. And, and God, just put your hand over her, you know, over her body. Heal her, heal her. And, and we didn't see anything happening. And then that's when I said, you know what? Let me change up my prayer. God, what do you want my wife to learn from this? What do you want to reveal in her through this process? And we started talking, and, and when I told her, I was like, hey, do you think that maybe God is just trying to reveal something in you? And I kid you not, uh, and I'm not trying to be funny, all she did was roll her eyes. I, I'm, baby, no, I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're giving me the look right now. Um, but it was in her time 
that God, I don't know, started doing a work in her. And slowly but surely, she started saying, you know what, let me go to my knees in prayer and let me see what is it that you're trying to reveal to me, right? And praise God, praise God that last year, what started off as a bad year in our marriage ended on a good note, right? But you want to know the best part of all this? It's not the culmination, but where I saw the tide turn in our marriage was in the marriage conference that uh, Brother Junior and Sister Stephanie set up. Because it was in that service that God was ministering to her. The Holy Spirit was telling her something. Amen? We go up to the altar and we said, hey, let's go up to the altar. And, and, and when we started praying, and then the sister who brought the word started giving her a word. It was 10.30 at night, so we ended up leaving because it was still late and everybody was still worshiping. <laughs> but hey, by all means. And it was in the car that, you know, I'm like, just doing my own little worship, what I'm singing. And she looks at me with tears in her eyes and she says, I have to tell you something. I said, what's up? She's like, I want to apologize to you. Because God spoke to me today and he has been speaking to me for a while. But the fact is, I haven't really been obedient in, in hearing him, right? So we started talking and we started, you know, we praised and and then I said you know what I got I got to tell you something now (laughs) um what she didn't know is that I spoke to a pastor friend of mine and when I was speaking to him I was like hey you know like you know I'm praying for this I'm praying for God to reveal himself to her and he's like well don't you think that he's doing that with what she's going through and that hit me with a ton of bricks and I couldn't tell her that at that time because she would have not have been receptive to it So when I went back and I said, hey, I got something to tell you now, she started to connect the dots and everything that was happening. And praise God, praise God, because now today, we are still growing in our faith. We are still growing in our marriage. We are still growing in our friendship. We are still growing in our love. But more importantly, we are growing in our praising to our Father. Amen? So you see, our marriage had to go through a process of purification. It is there that I learned that God will work in mysterious ways, right? What you may think may be something bad, God is saying something good. When you may see sickness, he's already seeing healing, you just have to profess it. Amen? But it was also there that I learned that the fire not only purifies, it molds. It molds. Let me take you back to the the example that I used with gold. When the gold is brought out, it is placed, it is shaped, it is formed. This is why you can see the gold bars, right? It wasn't shaped like that before. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. In the fire, God is trying to mold you into becoming what, you need, what he needs you to be. It is in the fire that God is trying to make you more into the image of his son. You see, we ask God to say, hey, make me more in the image of your son, but we say it, hey, let's, let, let's do it my way again. We go back to my way. It is not your way. It is not what you think is best for you. It is what God the Father thinks that is best for you. Amen? So we sit here, and we're trying to be molded. We're trying to be changed. We're trying to be transformed, and God is wanting to do that. But he has to use the trials to melt us down, to mold us into what he needs us to be. Amen? 
you know, I'm always moved by how God continues to, to operate in each and every one of us, right? I see every ministry here growing. I see every person here growing. But it is a process. It's always going to be a process. So don't take yourself for granted. Don't take your situation for granted because you are not defined by your situation. You are defined by your revelation to who God is. At the end of the day, if you have had probably the worst day ever, Peter is telling telling you to rejoice. 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 Because in the fire... God is purifying you. He is molding you. Now, we have mentioned how the fire purifies, right? We have mentioned how it molds. But I want to take you to one last story in the Bible to kind of close this part. If you guys will, please turn with me to the book of Daniel And we're going to be reading in chapter 3. Now, most of you guys who have been in in, uh, Believers for a while know this story. It's a very well-known story. Um, Let me give you a little bit of backstory of what's going on in this chapter. So pretty much we have some Chaldeans who snitched on three people, right, on a on uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go and they snitch to King, Ab- King Abuchnezzar, Abuchnezzar, and they tell him, hey, these three men aren't aligned with what you're worship- who you're worshiping, the gods that you're worshiping. More so, they're not even worshiping your statue, your golden statue. And it is said that King Nebuchadnezzar was so angry, so angry that he said, hey, bind them up and throw them into the fire into the furnace. He was so angry that he even commanded, commanded that they be, that the fire be made seven times hotter. Seven times hotter. Imagine that. So we're going to be reading from verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and they said to the king, true, O king. He says, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. In the fire, in your trials, in your persecution, Christ is always with you. You can be facing the worst of worst situations, but my God, my God can see you out of any situation. He can see you out of any situation, any trial, any persecution. You see, who we serve, the God that I serve, is greater than anything else 
So when you see the fire, when you see your trials, you're saying, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but we're going to do it together because I know your word says you are with me. You are your presence is with me. And if I continue to seek you, I'm going to say, "Okay, and hey, come hell or high water. You are with me. Your trials are not defined by your situation. They're defined by your revelation because Christ is always with you. He is trying to reveal more of himself to you. You know, I'm reminded of Sister Chris because it was in her final moments. I, I remember seeing the videos. You know what she was doing? For those of you who don't know her, she had her hands uplifted. And as Sister Damaris and Sister Maritza sang to her, she just wanted to praise her king. She wanted to praise. She knew, she knew that God could do the miracle. But even if he didn't, even if he had done nothing else for her, her salvation was more than enough. The cross was more than enough. You see, Jesus went through that same fire. As he walked to the cross, being humiliated, being beaten, walking naked to the cross, the enemy thought he had won. But do you know what we celebrated last week? Do you know what we celebrated last week? The resurrection. You see, death cannot defeat our Savior. Your trials cannot defeat who God is. My God, your God, your Savior does not know defeat. He only knows victory. Amen. You know, I'm going to share this one last story with you because it was so impactful when I heard it. And Brother David, if I mess it up, I apologize. But there's a story of a young pastor who, in his, you know, in his zeal, he, go, he goes to church. The senior pastor comes in and he asks him, hey, what do, you got, want God, what do you think God wants to do today, right? And he starts to respond, oh, yeah, he wants to revive. He wants to see this. He wants to see that. He's like, no, 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 no. Slow down. What do you think God wants to do today? He was just like, well, I don't know. So they started to pray. Unfortunately, the young pastor had not eaten. So he was hungry and he saw a vision of Whataburger. So he's like, oh, okay. So pastor comes in, he tells him, hey, what, you know, what did you see? He's like, I saw Whataburger. He's like, all right, write it down. He's like, let's continue praying. It's like, all right. So he starts to pray, hungry. Then he sees an image of a man walking in, uh, or walking, and uh, he's wearing a black shirt and blue jeans. Writes that down. He's like, all right. Then he sees a picture of a girl with pigtails. So he writes that down. He's like, all right. I don't, I don't know what this means. Pastor comes in. He's like, all right. He looks at the list. He's like, well, let's go to Whataburger. Worst case scenario, we get a, some food out of it, right? So they're at Whataburger, they order their food, and it's when uh, the pastor gets up to go get the food when a man walks in wearing a black shirt and blue jeans. And he's like, the young pastor's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. This is the guy, this is the guy that I saw in my, in my, in my vision. Like, oh, oh man, oh man. 
So the man starts speaking to the senior pastor. He's like, hey, pastor. He's like, I don't know if you know me, but I used to, uh, I used to go to your church and, you know, went there for a few years. Um, I don't know if you remember my, my little girl. She used to run around the church and she, she was the one with the pigtails. And he was like, oh, wow. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I just, I, I'm wondering if you can keep us in prayer because, you know, my, my daughter, she's a teenager now and she's falling in with the wrong crowd. She's actually in jail right now. So, he walks in, uh, he, he, he says, hey, you know, come over with me. He asked the young pastor to, to get, get the paper out and give it to him. Nobody had to say one thing. As soon as the man read the paper, he broke down crying because he was reminded that no matter what was going on in his life, God had not forgotten about him. You see, I say this again, and I, and I say this to remind someone, I, I, there's someone here who needs to be reminded that your situation, what you have faced, it never canceled out your election. It never canceled out who you were. It never canceled out your purification or how God was trying to mold you. He was simply reminding him, hey, no matter what, I'm always here. Pastor said this earlier, he's like, you know, sometimes we make mistakes, right? And, And we tend to fall. But our God, being full of grace, is always there. It's always there to lift us up and hold us with his righteous right hand. We need to be reminded that in the process of sanctification, not to give up. It is the easiest thing that we can all do. But dare I say, If you had the faith as big as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Let us go ahead and stand. Let me call the worship team up. You know, it's funny that as we continue to read, in verse 7 it says, That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We sometimes look, we read the Bible and we miss certain words. We choose not to look at the etymology of words. And when I was reading this, I was reminded of revelation and what that meant. We, we read it and we think, oh, it's because God is trying to reveal himself to us, right? And that is true. But when you look at the Greek word of revelation, it means apocalypsis. You see, your faith will be found in praise, honor, and glory when Christ comes back. God can sustain us. He sustains us. And even if we, when we are tested in the fire, even when your marriage is hurting, even when you're trying to have that kid and it's just not happening, even when you've lost a family member, a son, a daughter, a nephew, we endure in the faith, not because of what we do 
but because of what God does in us. He can see us out of any trial or he can miraculously sustain us. two calls right now the first one if you've seen yourself or you felt yourself recently be in a fire going through a trial will you raise your hand I just want to pray for you I want to pray for you can we get the prayer team to come up please the prayer team if you have your hand raised, would you, would you mind getting out of the comfort zone and stepping up so that we can pray for you? And as we pray, I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit wants to dwell in you. It is in that fire that you get to see more of who God is. You get to see more of who Christ is. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.